Welcome, everyone. This is a Council of Institutional Investors Educational Podcast. I'm Jeff Mahoney, General Counsel of CII. I'm here today with Professor Richard W. Painter, the S. Walter Ritchie Professor of Corporate Law at the University of Minnesota Law School. Professor Painter is the author of a recent research paper entitled Board Diversity, a Response to Professor Free. Welcome, Professor. Thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you for having me. Professor, let me start by asking you to give us some background and an overview of NASDAQ's proposal on board diversity and what motivated you to write your paper. The National Association of Securities Dealers is addressing a longstanding uh, problem in corporate governance, which is the homogeny of uh, corporate boards, uh, particularly for public companies. Uh, corporate boards are overwhelmingly white and male, as reported in a recent article by the New York Times, and there are many other sources documenting this. Uh, and we are in a society that is increasingly diverse, not only in the United States, but American corporations are dealing uh, with customers, investors, uh, employees all over the world. And our lack of diversity in corporate boards and corporate senior management uh, will be a serious impediment uh, to the uh, business um, uh, climate in the United States. NASDAQ believes that at a minimum, shareholders ought to be told if companies do not have a minimal uh, amount of diversity on their boards of directors. And that's why they promulgated this rule. Uh, the benchmark, it's not required, but the benchmark is to have one female director and one uh, director from an underrepresented minority on a board of directors. If a company does not uh, meet that benchmark, the NASDAQ requires the company to disclose that and to disclose why. The reasons why that company can't achieve such minimal levels of diversity. And then it's up to investors to decide what to do about that through uh, the uh, corporate uh, proxy process or simply saying that they don't want to invest in companies that cannot achieve a certain level of diversity or in extraordinary circumstances, uh, the failure to have diversity in a corporate board might be justified. The explanation of the company might be adequate and then the investors will simply let the company continue as is. This is essentially a disclosure rule. Uh, some would call it a comply or disclose rule, uh, but it is not a mandate uh, telling companies what to do. It's a company mandate saying this is the benchmark. And if you can't meet this very minimal benchmark, simply explain to your investors why you can't. So, Professor, what empirical evidence exists that NASDAQ's proposal would harm long-term investors? None. I don't see that the NASDAQ proposal would harm uh, investors over the short term or the long term at all. And this was my concern about Professor Freed's article. He suggested that there's going to be harm to investors simply because the NASDAQ requires companies to disclose whether they have poor diversity. And if they don't, explain why not. And I can't imagine a disclosure rule hurting investors. Furthermore, the uh, proposition is suggested, Professor Freed's paper, that board diversity may actually harm shareholder wealth. 
this makes absolutely no sense. There are no empirical studies showing that, and it's counterintuitive that you have to somehow have a board of directors of all white men uh, in order to achieve uh, shareholder wealth maximization. Uh, so that's what inspired me to write my response to Professor Freed. His paper is only eight pages in length. Uh, perhaps he wishes to supplement it. I've gone on for uh, quite a bit uh, more time in, in my paper looking through the studies, the empirical studies. Uh, but most important, explaining uh, on the basis of economics and psychology and some of our historical experiences with lack of diversity, that diversity on corporate boards and in senior management is critically important uh, to shareholder wealth and uh, societal wealth as well. Professor, I understand that a number of listed companies have increased the disclosure about board diversity in their proxy statements this year consistent with NASDAQ's proposal. Can you talk some more about the disclosures that would be required by NASDAQ's proposal and give us your view on whether and how those disclosures might benefit long-term investors? Well, the NASDAQ uh, proposed NASDAQ rule being considered by the Securities Exchange Commission uh, sets the benchmark uh, uh, for the public companies, at least the companies with larger boards of directors. These are the boards of directors uh, uh, with six, seven, eight, nine directors. Uh, having at least one director uh, who is self-identifying as female and another uh, self-identifying as an underrepresented minority or LGBTQ+. Now, the um, definition of underrepresented minority, I mean, uh, there are different definitions there, but the NASDAQ uh, includes Black or African-American, Hispanic or Latinx, Asian, Native American, or Alaska Native, Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander, uh, or two or more races or ethnicities. And there are many people, of course, uh, of two or more races or ethnicities, including a, a recent former president of the United States. So uh, when you look at the portion of our population that falls in those categories uh, by various measures, it, it's close to 40, maybe 50 percent. Uh, and uh, the idea that a corporate board uh, couldn't find one person who fits within those categories or uh, uh, who has a sexual orientation other than uh, being a straight white male, I mean, I, I think this is uh, uh, would be somewhat surprising. But if a company, once again, under the NASDAQ rule, if a company uh, can't find uh, the directors sufficient to meet uh, this benchmark, the company need only explain why. And then it's up to the shareholders to decide what to do. Professor, uh, final question. In your view, what are the top three reasons why long-term investors should support NASDAQ's proposal on board diversity? Well, first and foremost, uh, board diversity will enhance uh, shareholder wealth. Uh, it will perform, increase the uh, quality of the decision-making uh, when you do not have a homogenous uh, board. People are more likely to question each other. Uh, you have uh, uh, less um, vulnerability to groupthink. Uh, there are studies showing that uh, women uh, directors in particular are more conservative uh, about assess some assessments of risk and, and less willing to take unreasonable risks and also more willing uh, to scrutinize the conduct of management. 
Now, whether or not those studies uh, show demonstrable effects of having female directors on a, uh, a company or not, uh, I believe that the uh, intuitive uh, conclusion is that it makes sense uh, to have both men and women on boards of directors and ethnic um, uh, and racial minorities, uh, and that that's going to increase the quality of supervision of management, um, oversight, uh, have present different views with respect to assessment of risk, and also the question of diversity itself. Boards of directors appoint senior management and also decide unemployment policies for the company. And it's critically important to have different voices uh, at the table. This will increase shareholder wealth. Second, it increases societal wealth. And I've cited some um, academic uh, uh, literature focusing on what is in the interest of institutional investors. Institutional investors don't just care about one stock in the portfolio and that company maximizing its uh, profits. What they care about is the value of the entire portfolio. So even if a company could maximize its profits through socially destructive uh, business strategies, whether it be destroying the environment, or whether it be perpetuating racism and sexism in our society, or anything else uh, that um, undermines uh, the total value of our economy and the strength of our economy, uh, then the institutional investor who is invested in the entire economy, not just in one company, is going to be the loser. Institutional investors uh, increasingly are focusing on these issues of societal wealth because they care about the overall value of the assets in their portfolio. In a society that doesn't confront racism, sexism, and uh, other forms of discrimination, a society that does not welcome diversity uh, is a society that will not grow economically uh, or socially. And if that institutional investors care about that, even if all they care about is the value of their portfolio. Third, it's morally, ethically, it's the right thing to do. And in business, it's very important to think not just about profits, but also about doing the right thing. We can make money in business, create wealth, and portfolio managers can create wealth for their own investors while standing up for what is right, for the right thing to do. So those are the three reasons why I would urge institutional investors to support the NASDAQ rule. And indeed, many, many institutional investors are doing exactly that. That concludes our podcast episode. On behalf of the Council of Institutional Investors, I want to thank our special guest, Richard W. Painter, the S. Walter Ritchie Professor of Corporate Law at the University of Minnesota Law School. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please feel free to contact me at Jeff. J-E-F-F at C-I-I dot O-R-G. Until next time, I'm Jeff Mahoney. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Voice of Corporate Governance, brought to you by the Council of Institutional Investors. The Voice of Corporate Governance is a free, non-sponsored podcast that highlights critical developments in corporate governance and other important issues affecting institutional investors. 
The views expressed by those interviewed on the podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CII or its members. For more information on CII and its policies on corporate governance, please visit our website at www.cii.org.